All right. Who's that song by? Bon Jovi. I heard, I heard like one person. I'm like, that's a Bon Jovi song? <laughs> so, yeah, a roller coaster. Well, you hold on tight. You know, life, it flies by. Don't close your eyes. What goes up might take you upside down. You figured that one out? Life is not a merry-go-round. It is a roller coaster, absolutely, absolutely. How many of you have figured that out in life? Yeah. If you've ever faced a difficult situation, there comes a point that you realize that God could do something, but when God doesn't, it's confusing. And I believe many times it creates a crisis of faith. And you may feel like you hit a corkscrew and that things are spinning and not only spinning, but they're upside down now. And some of you may feel like that today. You know, it's a struggle you're going through, maybe a challenge. And that's what we've been talking about the, the past few weeks. Been looking at the life of the prophet Habakkuk. And, uh, you know, some of you uh, know that we've talked about this, a prophet was someone that would seek answers from God. They would seek guidance from God. And then that prophet would go and share what God had told them with all God's people. And so God spoke to Habakkuk, and he said, I want you to tell my people that because of their corruption, because of their ungodly ways, the judgment's coming. And God informs him that He's going to use a far more corrupt, violent people, the Babylonians, to get the best of them. And so this is not a welcome message. It's an unexpected twist, and it leaves Habakkuk kind of reeling. He's spinning. He's confused. And we talked about he complains to God on behalf of the people of Israel. He says, this is not right, God. You know, how can you allow this? This is totally, it's, it's just not fair, Lord. And some of you have been there. You, you look at what happened or is happening, and you think, where are you, God? This isn't right. I mean, how can you allow this to happen to me? God, I know you could do something about this. Why haven't you? And friends, what do you do when what you see is different than what you believe is right, fair, just? When things are going the wrong way in life, when they're twisting and turning, when they seem unfair, and we've said this over and over, we do not live by what we see. As followers of Jesus Christ, we live by faith. We live by faith. Faith in a God that is bigger and stronger. And we live by faith and we wait for it. We wait for God to move. Habakkuk stays on track. He holds on tight and he slides in a little closer to God. He keeps trusting God, even though he absolutely does not understand 
why this is going on. And some of you, just hearing that, you go, yeah, I'm in a tough spot like that right now. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're hurting. And this is my best advice to you. Even when you don't understand, you slide in a little closer to God and you just hold on tight. No matter what's happening. No matter how disorienting. No matter how chaotic. You just keep trusting and waiting on God. And I promise you that your relationship with God will become closer through it. That your trust in God will soar and you will come out a stronger person. Okay? Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you're going to like it, but you will come out stronger because of it. And so I want to just jump into to our story this morning. It says, the prayer was sung by the prophet Habakkuk. Now, I don't know if it was a rap, if it was country, if it was rock or pop, but it's lyrics to a song. And I thought about singing it, and then my wife said, don't do it. <laughs> I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us what? Again, as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. Habakkuk's reflecting here. God, I've seen your power before. I know you can do something about this, but you're not. See, I get Habakkuk. I can identify with this guy. Because there have been times in my life when God's power and presence have been more real, have been involved in my life. God was working, moving, and then suddenly things shift. They turn. They change. And you just, you're going, where are you, God, in that? Have you ever had things turn in your life? You know, God, I know you could do something about this. But you're not. And that's where he is. And so he begins recalling God's power in the past, the way God's moved in the past, which leads him to make this request, do it again, Lord, like you have in the past. And that, that phrase, help us again. It can be translated renew, uh, revive, bring back to life, resuscitate. I remember what you've done. I've seen it before. Do it again for me. And friends, when your faith is challenged, when you're in that valley, when you're at that point in your life where you're not sure you're going to get out, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? Well, you do what Habakkuk did. You know, the, the first thing you do is you're going to remember what God's done in the past. This is about uh, like triggering spiritual memories in your life. And, and memories are powerful. They're powerful. For instance, uh, you know, smell can trigger a memory, can't it? I, I remember uh, 
this was years ago, but I, I walked into church and immediately I was transported to my great-grandmother's house. I smelled her sugar cookies. And I just followed the scent, and I found, found that someone had brought sugar cookies to church. And we talked about it. It was the same exact recipe that my granny used. And so it just, smell can trigger that. Recently, somebody gave me a, a little bottle of uh, Brut Cologne. Remember, I talked about this uh, not too long ago that uh, I had uh, bought a case of it when I was uh, like in junior high. And uh, so I went home. I'm like, well, I haven't smelled this for years. Put a little bit on. And, and I was just taken back to when I was a kid. And I wore it all the time. I mean, I had tons of it, lots of it, you know. Could be a song. You know, like Higher Love by Steve Winwood. It takes me back to when Cindy and I first met, when she was falling in love with me. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was our song. We all have things that trigger memories, don't we? That, that powerful connection. Habakkuk re recalls the miracles in the past. That the power of God in the past. And so he continues, he says, I see God moving across the desert from Edom to the Holy One coming from Mount Parana. He, his brilliant splendor fills the heavens and the earth is filled with his praises. And you may be thinking, what? I mean, I don't understand that. Well, he, he's remembering and all, everyone in Israel, the, the Israelites, they, they fully understood what Habakkuk was talking about. He's recalling when God delivered the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. He's remembering when God parted the waters and rescued them from the Egyptian army. You know, he says, I remember this place. I remember what God did. And that's why in Scripture you find so many times when God had a great act, performed a miracle, they build altars. Why did they build an altar? So that they would remember that moment. They'd remember what God did. It's why we celebrate communion. Because as we take the cup and the bread, we remember Jesus' sacrifice. We remember that his body was broken for us, that his blood was spilled to save us from sin. We remember how great God's love is in that. He goes on in uh, verse 4 and 5. He says, his coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands. Where his awesome power is hidden, pestilence marches before him. Plagues follow close behind. That seems like an odd verse, but again, he's remembering God's power in the past. He's remembering that God had delivered the Israelites from Pharaoh with the plagues. He goes on in verse 6. He says, when he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. My mom had a look that can make you tremble. I still can see it. But My mom had that kind of look when she gave it to you. 
He'd just be like, okay, you know, stop you in the tracks kind of thing. That's what he's talking about here. He says, he shatters the everlasting mountain and levels the eternal hills. He is the eternal one. God's ways are eternal. God, Habakkuk, he, he goes on a lengthy recall tour. We're, we're not going to cover it all, but for 15 verses, he goes on. He's recalling God's power. He recalls God's power in nature. He recalls God leading the Israelites through the desert with a cloud and, and the, the pillar of fire. He remembers how God provided them food from heaven, manna from heaven. He recalls when the earth shook and the walls of Jericho fall. And he goes on and on and on recalling these things. And I think there's something here for us. When you're going through a struggle, a problem, you're facing an obstacle, when life takes that drop, and you find yourself twisting and turning, and you're not sure which way is up, friends, one of the first things you do is remember. You recall God's power in the past, and you get very specific about it. You know, remember those times when God moved and came through for you or opened that door. You know, I, I remember when I was called to ministry. I remember how God opened up those opportunities for me. I remember when the doctor said they couldn't keep sustaining my life, but God moved in a miraculous way and healed me. You know, I, I remember when I was broken and hurt and I thought my best days were behind me. And then God brought Cindy into my life and it was a new day. I remember the early days of ministry and things were tight financially. And I remember how God provided for us in amazing, spectacular ways, time and time again. You know, God was faithful, God's provision in life. I, I remember coming out of a time of deep discouragement and disillusionment and how God called and faith fellowship was born. You know, I remember when we started to dream as a church and God moved and God provided us this land and then he provided us the finances to build. See, those are the things. And, and my point here is when things are spinning, do not close your eyes. Open your eyes and remember, remember what God's done in the past. You know, you will naturally, if you do that, you will naturally begin to hold tight. You'll move a little closer, slide in a little closer to God. And friends, it doesn't have to be a big thing. You may be sitting there going, well, I don't have any big stories. It might be a small thing. You know, maybe you came to church one day and you heard something and it was just what you needed. It inspired you. It gave you direction in your life. You know, it could be remembering a time when you were hurting and you felt helpless and you're driving to work and you heard a song on the radio and it was healing to your soul. It was a little thing, but you still remember it's years later. You know, maybe it was a scripture that it just spoke to your heart 
and it became that, that lifeline for you. And it kept your heart beating, and it breathed life into you. Friends, when life turns, and it will, it'll take a drop. When, when you get, feel like you're upside down, you remember what God's done in the past. You remember what God is capable of. And you remember God's power and strength and, and his great deeds. You know, recall those moments. Friends, do it over and over and over. In fact, the, the more out of, out of sync you feel, the more you need to do it. And then you've got to accept what God is doing or not doing. All right? This is the difficult part. You know, and I, please hear me on this. I am not suggesting that you just roll over and play dead. I'm not suggesting that, that you don't pray for a miracle, a way, way out, so to speak. The fact is, when, when it's spinning, when, when things aren't the way you want it, you pray, but you also acknowledge the situation. And then you hold on tight and slide in close to God. And you accept what's going on. You accept what God's doing in the midst of it. Here's the thing. I, I think too many Christ followers kind of close their eyes at points. You know, you get a bad medical report. And you're told, hey, you've got to make some big changes in your life. And, and what some do, instead of making changes, they close their eyes. You know, they hope the, the track will just fix itself somewhere along the way and change. You know, or their marriage is in trouble and they need counseling. And some, instead of doing something, go and see a counselor, they just close their eyes and go, oh, well, it'll work itself out, won't it? You know, finances are bad. But you really, 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 really want that car, that house. And you close your eyes to reality. And you jump. Friends, when that drop's coming, some of you see it, but you don't prepare for it. And you don't acknowledge that it's on its way. You're hoping somehow it won't happen. And I'm going to say this as politely as I can. Some of you need to open your eyes. You need to see what's really going on in your life. And then you need to accept that God's working and doing or not doing at this point. Because it could be God is doing something in you that could not happen any other way. So whatever's happening... Can you accept what's going on? Can you? Even if you don't like it? Habakkuk did not like his situation. But I believe that at this point in the story, he's starting to come to terms with it. He says this, he says, I trembled inside when I heard this. My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me, and I shook in terror. 
His heart's beating. His lips quivered. He gets so weak that his legs give out. You know, that, that fear, that anxiety, it's overtaking him. And he, and he shook in terror. That's how bad things are. You know, he, he's kind of, uh, all this is setting in right now. Reality's hitting him. He realizes that what God said's going to happen will come to pass. God's spoken. And Habakkuk doesn't close his eyes. He looks the truth square in the face at this point. He accepts the fact of what's coming. And he understands this is not going to be a fun ride. And even though he doesn't fully understand why, he doesn't know where, where things are going, but he does know there's going to be a lot of loss and a lot of pain in the future. You know, he, he faces that pain. And even though his life's about to get turned upside down, he resolves he's going to hold on tight to God and he's going to slide in close to God and he's going to be accepting and trusting that God's doing something in the midst. Something that he does not like at all. You ever had stuff you just want to avoid in life? You just want to go the other direction? Friends, there are times you just have to accept the fact that there are some things you have to go through in life. So you remember what God's done in the past. You come to terms with it, accept it the best you can, even though you don't like it. And then you trust. You trust what God's going to do in the midst of this. And it's exactly what Habakkuk does. You know, he says, I don't like this. I don't understand this. The, The Babylonians getting the best of us? It's not fair, but, Lord, I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. See, God had promised them that at some point things are going to turn. I'm going to wait, Lord. I know a day is coming when things are going to turn for the good. Because you've promised that. You said that. And the next couple verses are some of the richest verses in Scripture. And Habakkuk says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the field and the cattle, the barns are empty. That's a pretty picture, isn't it? That's that's a rough one. Even though I don't like it, Lord, even though this absolutely does not make any sense to me at all, you know, God, even in the midst of this, this craziness, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. 
Even when things point to this time of hardship and adversity and uncertainty, Habakkuk has no reason to rejoice at all by what he's seeing around him. Even though the the fig trees don't bud, I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though the livestock in the fields, they're gone. The barns are empty. I will rejoice in the Lord, he says. Even though my spouse has broke their vows, I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though things are awful in my job, I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though my kids are making terrible decisions, I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though finances are are seriously tight, everything's costing too much, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. Even though I don't like it, even though I don't understand it, even though I have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and you have not answered, I will rejoice in the Lord. I mean, I know God could, but he hasn't. I will trust the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. Friends, it's the chapter three, faith. And you cannot have that kind of faith without raising the questions that we talked about the first week. It's the chapter one. You know, This is unfair. This isn't right. Why, God? I don't understand this. You you have to raise those questions, and you can't have the chapter 3 faith without the chapter 2, and that's the waiting phase. Wait for it, God. I'm waiting for you to do something. You know, in that valley, in that drop, when God moves... He does some of his greatest work in the valley. He proves his faithfulness in the valley. It's where you experience God's power and strength and mercy and grace. It's in those dark days, those troubled times. It's where you experience that. Tough times. Some of you are there. Friends, I've been a follower of Jesus Christ 48 years. I know I don't look that old, do I? But I was thinking about this. I mean, gave my life to Christ in sixth grade. And I was thinking about my early faith. It was immature and very impatient. I was very short-sighted, superficial, but now I have walked with Jesus long enough. I have enough history that I know I can trust God with all my tomorrows, all of them. And that's my prayer for you, is that you will be so convinced of God's goodness and God's power and grace that you will trust him with all, not some, all your tomorrows. Habakkuk closes, he says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. 
He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. With God's strength, you can stay on track, steady, sure, climbing and climbing and climbing. And when you hit the drop, and you will, everybody hits the drop, you can live by faith, even when you don't understand it. You, you can trust God with all your tomorrows. You know, you slide in close to God. In the ups of life and the downs of life. You keep trusting and trusting and trusting and trusting and you hold on tight to God and friends, when you do that, he will hold tight to you. He'll pull in close. And remember, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. You just got to keep talking to God, being honest with God. It's okay to question things, but you keep trusting and you keep rejoicing. And knowing God's still on the throne. Some of you are waiting today. Waiting for God to move, do something. And all I'll say to you is keep waiting. Wait for it. Wait for it. In God's time, he will move. And when he does, and I'm not saying that everything turns out the way you want or want, uh, like it to happen, but whatever it is, God will take you at some point to a new height. Life's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. It's not a merry-go-round. It's a roller coaster. And you just got to hold tight to God and take the ride, take the ride. Some of you today you're in that drop. You know, maybe you're giving up hope. You got something you're struggling with, some obstacle. You want an opportunity, but it's not showing up. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to ask you, and we do this often around here, to just stand up and let me pray for you this morning. It's a step of faith just to say, God, here it is. I'm, I'm there, and I need you. And so just Stand up where you're at, and I'm going to pray for you. We're not going to do anything weird or strange, but just want to pray for you. So if you've got something, just, just stand up where you're at. I know it's hard sometimes. But God sees you. And God hears you. And God will move at some point. Again, may not be the way you plan, may not be the way you like, but God will be there if you just pull in tight to him. Let, let's bow as congregation and pray. Our holy God, God, you see the people that are standing today. And God, I don't know the need. I don't know the valley. I don't know the obstacle. I don't know what opportunity they're waiting on or any of it, Lord, but um, you do. And God, I pray that... Uh, They'd just have a dialogue with you. They wouldn't be afraid to 
vent, to say what they need to say. But at some point, Lord, that they would just uh, go, okay, God, I'm going to pull in tight to you. I'm going to trust you. God, we're waiting. God, I know you can. But even if you don't, we're going to hold on tight and trust you. God, I pray that your spirit would just speak to these individuals. You would uh, let them know that you're with them. That there's better days ahead. Breathe hope into them. Give them strength. God, we just praise you. You are a God of miracles. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, I pray that we would honor you with all we say and do. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And God's people said, you may be seated and uh, just uh, as we prepare for communion, let the song minister to you and speak to your hearts. <laughs>